Sermon 89, Commentary in the Gospel of Luke, Sermons 81-95, through 95, by Seal of Alexandria, translated by R. Payne Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Sermon 89, 12-13-21 And one of the multitude said unto him, Teacher, bid my brother divide with me the inheritance. But he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and keep yourselves from all greediness, for a man's life is not from his possessions by reason of his having a superfluity. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth unto him plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have not where to gather my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my storehouses, and build greater, and there will I gather all my crops and my goods. And I will say to myself, Self, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, enjoy thyself. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night they demand of thee thy soul. But who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasures for himself, and is not rich toward God. Paul, as a wise man, recommends constancy in prayer, for he said, Pray without ceasing. And in very truth it is a thing full of benefit but i say this that whosoever draws near unto god ought not to do so carelessly nor may he offer unbefitting petitions and one may very justly affirm of a multitude of petitions that they are unbefitting and such as are not suitable for god to give nor beneficial for us to receive and if we will direct the penetrating glance of the mind upon the passage before us we shall see without difficulty the truth of what i have said for a certain man drew near to christ the saviour of us all and said teacher bid my brother divide with me the inheritance but he said unto him man who set me as judge or divider over you for the son indeed when he appeared in our likeness was set by god the father as head and king over sion his holy mount according to the psalmist words and the nature of his office he again himself makes plain for i am come he says to preach the commandment of the lord and what is this our virtue-loving master wisheth us to depart far from all earthly and temporal matters to flee from the love of the flesh and from the vain anxiety of business and from base lust to set no value on hordes to despise wealth and the love of gain to be good and loving unto one another not to lay up treasures upon earth to be superior to strife and envy not quarrelling with the brethren but rather giving way to them even though they seek to gain an advantage over us for from him he saith who taketh away what is thine demand it not again and rather to strive after all those things which are useful and necessary for the salvation of the soul 
and for those who habitually thus live christ lays down laws by which they become illustrious and praiseworthy for he said possess neither silver nor gold nor two coats nor scrip nor brass in your purses and again make for yourselves purses that grow not old a treasure that faileth not for ever in heaven and when a young man drew near saying teacher what shall i do to inherit eternal life go he answered sell what thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come after me to those therefore who bow down to him the obedient neck of their minds he both gives commandments and appoints laws he lays down for them precepts distributes to them the heavenly inheritance gives them spiritual blessings and is a storehouse for them of never-failing gifts while for those who think only of earthly things and whose heart is set on wealth and their mind hardened and unmerciful and without gentleness or love for the poor to such he will justly say who set me as ruler or divider over you he rejects the man therefore as troublesome and as having no desire to learn aught fitting for him to know but he does not leave us without instruction for having found so to speak a seasonable opportunity he frames a profitable and saving discourse and protesting as it were against them declares take heed and keep yourselves from all covetousness he showed us that pitfall of the devil covetousness a thing hateful to god and which the wise paul even calls idolatry perhaps as being suitable for those only who know not god or as being equal in the balance with the defilement of those men who choose to serve stocks and stones it is a snare of evil spirits by which they drag down man's soul to the meshes of hell for this reason he says very justly as setting them on their guard take heed and keep yourselves from all covetousness that is from great and small and from defrauding any one whoever he may be for as i said it is a thing hateful to god and men for who does not flee from him who uses violence and is rapacious and greedy and ready for iniquity in those things to which he has no right and who with avaricious hand gathers that which is not his what beast of prey does not such a man surpass in savageness then what rocks is he not more hard for the heart of him who is defrauded is torn and even melted sometimes by the penetrating pain as it were by fire but he takes pleasure therein and is merry and makes the pain of them that suffer a cause of rejoicing for the wronged man is sure generally to be one without power who can but raise his eyes to him who alone is able to be angry for what he has suffered and he because he is just and good accepts his supplication and pities the tears of the sufferer and brings punishment on those who have done the wrong and this thou mayest learn from what he himself says thereupon by the mouth of the holy prophets therefore because ye have bruised the heads of the poor 
and taken from them chosen gifts ye shall build houses of carved stone but ye shall not dwell therein and ye shall plant desirable vineyards but ye shall not drink of their wine for i know your many wickednesses and mighty are your sins and again woe unto those who add house to house and join field to field that they may take away something from their neighbour will ye dwell alone in the earth for these things have been heard in the ears of the lord of hosts for though your houses be many they shall be a desolation though they be great and fair there shall be none to inhabit them for the ground that ten yoke of oxen till shall produce one pitcherful and he that soweth six artave shall gather three measures although therefore houses and fields may be the fruit of the oppression of others yet these he says shall lie waste without inhabitants and shall yield no profit whatsoever to those who will act wickedly because the just wrath of god is poured out upon them in every way therefore there is no profit in covetousness and to view it in yet another light it availeth nothing because a man's life as he saith is not from his possessions by reason of his having a superfluity and this is plainly true for the duration of a man's life is not extended in proportion to his wealth nor does the sum of his life run parallel with that of his wicked gains and this the saviour has clearly and manifestly shown us by very excellently adding the present parable in connection with his previous argument for the ground he said of a certain rich man brought forth abundant crops consider it exactly that thou mayest admire the beautiful art of the discourse for he has not pointed out to us an estate of which one portion only brought forth abundant harvest but the whole of it was fertile for its owner showing thereby the vastness of his wealth similar to this is that passage of one of the holy apostles behold the hire of the labourers who have reaped your land which is of you kept back by fraud crieth and the supplications of those that reaped have entered into the ears of the lord of Sabaoth. the saviour therefore said that all his estate brought forth abundant harvest what therefore does the rich man do surrounded by a profusion of so many blessings beyond all numbering in distress and anxiety he utters the words of poverty for what he says shall i do the man who is in want of necessaries constantly ejaculates this miserable language but lo one here of boundless wealth uses similar expressions he determined then to build the more spacious storehouses he purposed to enjoy for himself alone those revenues that were sufficient for a populous city he looks not to the future he raises not his eyes to god he does not count it worth his while to gain for the mind those treasures which are above in heaven he does not cherish love for the poor nor desire the estimation to be gained thereby he sympathizes not with suffering it gives him no pain nor awakens his pity and what is still more irrational he settles for himself the duration of his life 
as if he would reap this too from the ground for he says i will say to myself self thou hast goods laid up for many years eat drink enjoy thyself but o rich man one may say thou hast indeed storehouses for thy fruits but whence wilt thou obtain thy many years for by the decree of god thy life is shortened for god it tells us said unto him thou fool this night they shall require of thee thy soul but who shall these things be that thou hast prepared it is true therefore that a man's life is not from his possessions by reason of his having a superfluity but very blessed and of glorious hope is he who is rich towards god and who is he evidently one who loveth not wealth but virtue rather and to whom few things are sufficient and whose hand is open to the necessities of the indigent comforting the sorrows of those in poverty according to his means and the utmost of his power it is he who gathers in the storehouses that are above and lays up treasures in heaven such a one shall find the usury of his virtue and the recompense of his upright and blameless life christ shall bless him by whom and with whom to god the father be praise and dominion with the holy ghost for ever and ever amen end of sermon eighty nine